All right, we are back. I think I'll put it to you, Miss Millen. Should I do some science or should I do some sociology? Science. Okay, I will. But first, some sociology. Noticed uh, that both Ginger Rutland in the Sacramento Bee and Terry Gross on her excellent program, Fresh Air, talked to Sandra Day O'Connor last week. She's apparently taking part in a program aimed at encouraging educational leaders to expand civics education here in our state. I love the quote from former Justice O'Connor, quoted in Ginger Rutland's essay, saying, uh, we better pay attention to this, referring to uh, an effort in one state to sue judges and send them to jail when people lost. O'Connor said, we better pay attention to this and see if we can't educate Americans on the rule of law. That's what got me started. And speaking of the rule of law, when Terry Gross asked her about Bush v. Gore, she firmly declined to comment upon that decision. Of course, for 12 years, I've been asking uh, just about every lawyer I've ever run into, can you, can you possibly explain the reasoning, if that's the word for it, that went into that decision that stopped the vote count in Florida? And I'm still waiting for someone to do it because, it, of course, it was a politically based decision. The opposite, I would have to say, of the rule of law whatever that really is. I think it's a nice-sounding phrase they, they teach people to say in law school. I don't know. That may not have been the worst decision of the Supreme Court since the Dred Scott case of 1857, but it, it's got to be up there somewhere. Mr. Millen thinks that Citizens United is worse. I have to agree. It, it, it may well be, but it didn't give us eight years of Bush-Cheney, although I admit it does have the potential of bringing us a lot more Bushes and Cheneys. But uh, we don't have time today to talk about the interesting piece... Uh, uh, in the B about how uh, folks are going to Nevada to buy guns because, you know, Obama, Obama might just take our guns away. I just want to s- quickly offset with a couple stories uh, about the two police officers who were killed in uh, in Santa Cruz last week. Uh, headline notes that the shooter had guns despite his criminal history. In fact, a piece by uh, Stephen Baxter from the Santa Cruz Sentinel noted that despite criminal allegations of rape, attempted murder with a gun, and a pattern of spying in women's windows, Jeremy Peter Goulet legally owned three guns and did not appear in two databases that help law enforcement officials track criminals. That's pretty sensible, huh? How about this one? Associated Press, Dateline, Salem, Oregon. An Oregon hunter has been found not guilty of manslaughter in the shooting death of a Marine reservist from California whom he says he mistook for a bear. Apparently the jury needed only two hours to acquit Eugene Collier. Uh, He was the last witness to take the stand, told jurors he was shooting to kill when he fired the .270 caliber bullet that caused the death of Christopher Ochoa. Collier was hunting with his grandson and said he was sure he was shooting a bear. Well, Mr. Collier, I guess not. But it's okay. He said, I made a terrible mistake. It was a tragic accident. I didn't mean for it to happen. Oh, I don't know. Does that sound reasonable to you, dear listener? I don't know. I I am not a hunter, but I have to say, before I pull the trigger, I think I'd want to be real sure my target was not another human. Now, I realize that's not a standard that's often applied by, say, former vice presidents. Let's jump into a piece from Scientific American, not our favorite science magazine on this program, which is, to the contrary, New Scientist, a British publication, but there's a pretty good article in the February 2013 issue about antioxidants we should talk about. I should offset that with the kind of, this, this article that I couldn't put my hands on from last December in the San Francisco Chronicle about a doctor, 
Yeah, an actual doctor talking about immune strategies for winter health. Now, the article starts and finishes pretty reasonably. It talks about researchers have been working for years to figure out which natural cures are best. And unfortunately, a surprising number of products marketed as immune boosters have something in common with Santa Claus. They only work because you believe in them. But then he goes on to give these list of most of these most common natural immune strategies. That's in quotes, immune strategies, like multivitamins, vitamin C, aloe, ginseng, echinacea, garlic, etc. Now, probably some of these things may have some immune boosting effect. I hope so. <laughs> I'd, I'd bet on garlic above all the rest. But the truth is, the idea you're going to take something that's going to boost your immune system, quote-unquote, is, for the most part, uh, poppycock. And hold on to your hat. It gets, goes downhill from there. This piece in Scientific American talks about uh, this logic that we've had for, for decades now about aging and how it's long been suspected that, um, that if you take antioxidants, it will... Um, help you to live longer. Well, the jury is coming in on this, and boy, this does not appear to be supported by the evidence. Now, oxidation does cause damage to cells, and it's sort of often half-joke that uh, oxygen is a toxic gas because if you're exposed to it for 70 years, you die. And there actually is some science behind that. But the piece by Melinda Wena Meyer takes a look at this and Boy, this is going to upset the, uh, the supplement industry. As we talked about on this program in the past, scientists have been studying roundworms, uh, nematodes that uh, sometimes outlive um, normal worms by a factor of two. It's been thought if we can figure out how the worms are doing it, maybe people can do it. But when scientists genetically engineered some roundworms so they no longer produce certain enzymes that act as naturally occurring antioxidants by deactivating free radicals, Free radicals are molecules where there's sort of a free electron that can grab onto something else quickly and cause it to cross-link and screw up, uh, screw up the structure of the, uh, the molecules in question. Well, per the long theory, if you could uh, uh, reduce these enzymes that uh, protected the worms against uh, these free radicals, well, they should die off a lot sooner. Except it didn't happen that way. These mutant worms did not die prematurely, and in fact, they lived just as long as natural worms did, in spite of the fact that when they looked at them, they saw evidence of this oxidative damage everywhere. And some other scientists working with mice did some experiments along the same line. They genetically engineered different strains of mice, some which produced more of certain antioxidant enzymes than normal, and some which produced fewer of them. So per long-standing theories, the mice that produce more should live longer and the mice that produce less should live shorter lives, but in fact, they all lived the same. So when this sort of thing happens in science, we realize that our theories apparently have some flaws in them. And suggest the piece, it turns out that some of these high-energy molecules uh, on low levels may actually stimulate the body to go in and clean things up. That perhaps even high levels of oxidative damage is just isn't as bad as we would think. Well, here's where it really gets interesting. Uh, lots of people out there have been popping high doses of antioxidant vitamins with the idea that if you can stop this oxidative damage, you're going to live longer, except that it ain't panning out. This actually gets, this, this really gets screwy as you read this whole article. Uh, going back to worms, some scientists bred roundworms that overproduced a specific free radical. 
It's known as a superoxide. Per old theories, this would cause those worms to die young. But when they did it, the worms lived 32% longer than normal worms. And when they treated those worms with antioxidant and vitamin C, it prevented the increase in lifespans. And in a follow-up experiment, they took some worms and they gave them some weed control herbicides that initiate free radical production. Now, apparently this is part of the reason why this helps kill plants. But it turned out when they took these toxin-bathed worms and looked at them, they were living 58% longer than untreated worms. And again, when they fed those worms antioxidants, it quenched what appeared to be the toxin's beneficial effects. Anyway, this is, this is pretty, pretty curious stuff. The piece uh, says that assuming free radicals accumulate during aging but do not necessarily cause it, what effects do they have? So far, that question has led to more speculation than definitive data. They quote one of the researchers saying that they're actually part of the defense mechanism. Free radicals might in some cases be produced in response to cellular damage as a way to signal the body's own repair mechanisms. For example, in this scenario... Free radicals are a consequence of age-related damage, not a cause of it. And uh, JAMA weighed in on this issue, doing a systematic review of 68 clinical trials on we humans, which concluded that antioxidant supplements do not reduce the risk of death. This has caused several U.S. organizations, including the American Heart Association and the American Diabetic Association, to now advise people that they should not take antioxidant supplements except to treat a diagnosed vitamin deficiency. Holy mackerel. All right, how much time we got left? About two minutes. Yikes. Well, here's a quick item from our favorite science magazine, New Scientist, uh, noting that uh, a, a reader wrote to tell them that a carton of flora margarine told them on the top right corner of the lid that it was new. But on the bottom left corner, (laughs) noted that it was the original, which reminds us, frankly, of... Well, before that, we were in different groups. I was in a group called The Creatures, which was a skiffle group. I was in Lovely Lads. And then we looked at each other and said, well, we might as well join up, you know. uh, So we became uh, the originals. Right. And uh, we had to change our name, actually. Well, there's, a, there's another group in the East End called the Originals, and uh, we had to rename ourselves. And the New Originals. New Originals, yeah. and then uh, they became the Regulars. They changed their name back to the Regulars, and we thought, well, we could we could go back to the Originals about what's the point. We became the Thamesmen at that point. Stop wasting time. That, of course, comes from the funniest movie ever made, This is Spinal Tap. All right, something else I'm meaning to follow up on was that wonderful Nova special, which aired on February 13th, titled Earth from Space. It was a rather stunning two-hour special produced in collaboration with NASA, which began with dazzling views of our planet from above. And I know that as much as some of you may totally hate television, when you see a special like that, it does restore your faith in what the medium is can do. All right, I want to talk about the New Scientist article about missing links, evolution's biggest gaps, and how we're closing them, but (laughs) there's no chance of doing that today. That about does it on time. We need one final zinger, I think, so we'll go to Dave Barry for this one. Said the immortal Dave Barry, if you surveyed a hundred typical middle-aged Americans, I bet you'd find that only two of them could tell you their blood types. 
but every last one of them would know the theme song from the Beverly Hillbillies. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time. Expect a fascinating interview with science writer Sharon Begley. We'll see you then. Y'all come back now, here. Yeah?